Good morning, everybody, and I hope this post finds us doing really well. We're up to number 28 of the Marriage Covenant resource, and I really do hope that you're gleaning a lot from it, whether it's from the first one, whether it's from the middle one, or whether it is from this one. There is so much word in this to lay hold of and God's kingdom reality for us. And so we're going to talk about finance today and over maybe the next one or two resources and break that whole area down. Because it's an amazing honor and privilege that God gives us to be stewards of his finance, to be stewards of his resource. It is God's money because we know all things have come from him. And nothing has come into being that has come into being that hasn't come from God. So it's a real honor and privilege that God entrusts with us. He gives us his resource to be a blessing, to be uh, like him and to serve others with. And so he entrusts us as a couple. And it's essential that we as a husband and a wife understand whose money it actually is that we lay hold of. Um, because this will free both of us from the love and the control of money and the consequences of this reality. It is fully possible to be unequally yoked in this area of finance like it is in all the other areas that we've looked at because our heart is still bound up in certain areas. And it is fully possible to be bound up of heart in this area as a follower of Jesus. You know, the scriptures teach us that we are not, we cannot serve God and money. And it says in the last days, difficult times will come because men will be lovers of self. And because they're lovers of self, they will be lovers of money. With the love of money being the root of all kinds of evil. Let me say that again. The love of money will be the root of all kinds of evil, all kinds of lawlessness. Money in itself, there's nothing wrong with it. It's the love of money, what is the root of all kinds of lawlessness, all kinds of rebellion. And if we believe it's our money, then we are causing sin and we will miss the mark of a life based in faith because we actually don't have God's heart and God's belief system in this area. And as I've said, it's essential that as his followers, we are free in this area of finance, free in this area of money to abundantly come into life, but also release life. Matthew six twenty four: no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. 2 Timothy 3, 1 to 2. But realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of self. They'll be lovers of money. They'll be boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy. 2 Timothy 6, 10. For the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil. And by some longing for it, they have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves by many griefs. It's essential, guys, that we are free from the love of money because you cannot serve God and money. 
money will either be your God or God will be your God. And like in so many areas which we have uncovered, as I've said, it's essential that we are free in this area as one people because we're called to be one. The two are going to be called one. So we can minister God's finances well. They don't have a hold on us, but we release them. And so much of what we're looking at is a heart issue in these series and finances is no different. So depending on the freedom of your heart and the generosity of your spirit that lies within each person, it's going to determine whether there's harmony in your marriage in this area of finances. And a couple can either be a blessing and bless others in this area, or they can be bound up in this area and be quite broken. And so we don't want turmoil in our marriage because we are indifferent in this area. We want blessing in our marriage because we are one in this area of finance. And as I said, it's fully possible to be completely unyoked in this area like in some of the other areas. So the way we've been brought up might play a part in this. What we've been modelled will probably play a part in this, depending on if our parents were generous or whether they were stingy and mean and looked after themselves first or were very um, you know, humble in this area of finances and very generous and looked to release others and bless others. So where, uh, were our parents generous? Did they model generosity? Did they look after number one first and make sure number one was taken care of? How was money treated in your home? Was it always something that was considered tight and, you know, you, you couldn't spend anything and mum and dad were tight with money? Or were they the opposite? Were they just throwing it away like, like lolly water? Both are wrong. Both aren't of God. We need wisdom in this era, but we are called to be free and we are called to bless others. Jesus said it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. And he also said, he said, freely you have, freely you should give. And, you know, these aren't just nice pithy statements that we throw about. This is a living reality that we are to come into and then live from and model. These are the words of spirit and life which hold incredible power to them and life to them once received through revelation and then activated through faith in Jesus Christ. There is an element of doing in this area, but it's motivated through love and it's activated through faith, which means it's all a work of the Spirit. Sons of God who truly know who they are, they influence others with the finances God has blessed them with. While sons of God who don't know who they are, they insulate themselves. In other words, they protect themselves. They make sure they're looked after first. They make sure that what is theirs is theirs. And they hold everything with a closed fist because they're ultimately afraid they're not going to get any more. They're ultimately afraid and they save for a rainy day. They protect themselves. And if you've ever been to an orphanage and you see a child who's an orphan get a gift, they grab the gift and run and then literally bring it into themselves so no other child can get their gift because they think they're never, ever going to get another one. And this, unfortunately, is called an orphan spirit or a slave spirit. And it can be very prevalent in God's people 
because we don't know who we are as sons of God. So sons of God who know their sons of God will always influence others. They will bless others with what they are given. They will hold an open hand. But those who are sons of God who don't know who they are have a closed fist, protect themselves and look after self first. That is a position of bondage. And as I've said, it's fully possible for a husband and wife to both be in that position, one to be in that position, and that creates chaos and division in that marriage. We must both come with an open hand before God. What I love is the story of the woman who gave two small little coins, and Jesus makes an absolute example of her, of who we are to be. He said the rich gave out of their wealth, but this poor woman gave all she had. And Jesus makes mention of her. Jesus takes a note and it's written down in the scriptures for us as to the generous heart, the one who knows there are some who with that identity just holds an open hand. It doesn't matter how much they have, they give all for the blessing of others. They give all primarily to bless God and then to bless people. And it's an amazing uh, statement. It's an amazing passage of scripture where we're seeing this generous spirit that Jesus wants in all of us, this spirit of freedom that comes to truly bless, to truly give, because it's better to give than it is to receive. And Mark 12, 41 to 44 says this, and he sat down opposite the treasury and began observing how the people were putting money into the treasury and many rich people were putting in large sums. A poor woman came and put in two small copper coins, which amount to a cent. Calling his disciples to him, he said to them, Truly, I say to you, this poor woman put in more than all the contributors of the treasury, for they all put in out of their surplus. But she, out of her poverty, put in all she owned, all she had to live on. Now, whether you know it or not, Jesus observes what we're doing and how we are with his finances. It says that he was observing how the people were putting money into the treasury. He's actually watching what you're doing and what I'm doing with his finances. And he so desires for you and I to be free. And as I said, not have the love of money in our heart and not be serving money. So he's observing and he's watching you and I every day what we do. Are we changing? Are we living? Are we actually uh, being obedient to what he says? Do we realize that it's not our finances, but it's his? And with his finances, he wants to release a blessing into others' lives. So he's observing all this thing, and he makes a point of mentioning this to his disciples about this woman, demonstrating this generous spirit, this spirit of faith, this trust in him, because she gave all that she had to live on. Followers who demonstrate this know Jesus as their source and their resource. They know he's their life source, so they're able to release all that he has given them because the money is not their source of life. It's not what they're trusting in to provide. It's him, which is an incredible reality of freedom to enter into. So it's a heart posture that God wants us to come into and live from for every follower in his name. He wants us free from the love and the fear of money so we can be free to bless others and also be blessed. 
because without this reality, there's a high chance that God's kingdom life will be choked on the inside of us and never produce the life of it because we're more worried about this life and the deceitfulness of wealth as we look at in the kingdom parable of the seed. But God's finances, God's money in the hands of a person or a couple whose heart are completely his is a very powerful combination. It's this person or this couple that God will pour his resource into and continue to pour his resource into and through because he knows that that couple will not hold it, but release it into the earth. And the outcome of this is God takes care of these kinds of followers and they get to experience a life that others don't. They get to experience God's kindness and God's ability to show himself and provide and his goodness and his generosity in a way that others don't. You know, for quite a long time now, Danny and I have been operating in this realm of faith. And, you know, I can't figure out how it works, but it works. And, you know, when um, when she lost her job because we decided not to be vaccinated, God still provided. We didn't change the way we lived at all. We continue to pour out his finances. We didn't suddenly think, oh, my goodness, shut the, the hatches. We've got to stop giving because we don't have this amount of money coming in. We continue to do everything that we'd always done as if she had her job. And God provided and, and we were able to save. And I, I don't fully know how that happens because it doesn't add up in the natural but nothing adds up in the kingdom of God in the natural because it's spiritual. You know, Jesus took two two loaves and five fish, didn't he? And, and he feeds 15,000 people. That's not natural, that's revelational. And so I really want to encourage you to enter into this reality because you will be astounded of how the goodness of God, but you'll be astounded how free you can be in this area of life. And so questions for us. Why is the posture of heart so important to God firstly as opposed to just the act of giving? Why does God warn us about the love of money? Why is money such a powerful tool in the hands of those who are wholeheartedly his and free in this area? How generous are you when it comes to finances and blessing others first? Have a cool week. I hope this encourages you. We'll see you soon.